Hello, everybody. My name is Alexander Kazina, and you're listening to Press YYZ, your number one shop for all Canadian gaming news with a uniquely Canadian twist with a side helping of Canadian goodness and a Canadian cherry right on top. My name is Alexander Kazina, and I'm your host for this evening. I uh, got stuck in that old Mama Fratelli pirate prison maze on the moon last week, and yeah, it took me a real long time to get out of it. But don't worry, I'm okay now. I have space rabies, but because we're all social distancing from each other, it's not that big of a deal. We're all going to be perfectly fine. And I am joined today by Mitch George. That was too many Canada references off the top. By AJ Fraser. Please don't time travel. By Alexander Ballant. Sounded like a fever dream. Hello. And f finally, by the head of HR, Nathan McKernery. Does this podcast take place in Canada? I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, because we're all social distancing, it could theoretically take place anywhere now. It's true. So, what have you all been up to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, outside of staring out of your windows at the horror around you. Hey, why did the chicken cross the road? It shouldn't be doing that right now. It should be social distancing. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. It wanted, <laughs> wait, wait. It, it wanted to get away from somebody on the other side of the sidewalk. Yeah, you nailed it, actually. Yeah, germs. <laughs> germs I, are bad. I, I, I don't know. Were you guys trying to set up a bit there? Like, was that something that you had pre-rehearsed? And you're like, oh, man, we're going to do the fun chicken social distancing corona joke or whatever. We rehearse? I mean, I mean, I mean if yeah. you listen to... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitch. We haven't been inviting you to the meetings. I'm sorry. God damn it. Did, did you not get the script? No, I've been too busy playing Doom and Animal Crossing. Yeah, he clearly hasn't gotten the script. He was supposed to say there, no, I haven't been playing Animal Crossing and Doom. No, that is what I've been doing. I literally just said that. No, God but damn you, it. But you said them out of order. You were supposed to say Animal Crossing first and then Doom second. Does it really matter? I mean, maybe. They're both great games. It doesn't matter what order they come in, even though Animal Crossing is selling better. What a fantastic um, week for two banger titles that, I mean, I can say for sure I've been playing both of them, and oh my god, I am in love with both. Ab absolutely. Um, just on a bit of a, a sour note, um, this past weekend I un unfortunately lost uh, my grandfather. Um, mm. And Our condolences. Before mm. we yep. fully start this podcast and go into um, what is bound to be a very bountiful uh, discussion uh, across two games. I'm gonna open one of his favorite beers. Um, uh, Racists go away. This uh, beer is called uh, Sing Tao. It's a Chinese beer. Um, okay. It's yeah. It's um. It's it's one of his favorites, and I'm going to enjoy it throughout the podcast. So I'm you know happy to hear that. What uh, what percentage of alcohol per volume are we talking about? Four point five. All right. That's yeah. a nice even number. Yeah. Well, it's actually not really even, but. Anyways, um, we're going to actually be saving the Doom, Eternal, and Animal Crossing talk uh, until later in the show. We figured we'd make it our topic of the show this week. So, is there anything other than Doom and Animal Crossing you guys have been up to? So, Cozy, you and I were actually, we actually spent quite a lot of time together for not being allowed to be together. Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. See, here we go. That wasn't on the script, but that was actually word for word what I wanted you to say on the script. Well, no, it, said, it says improv right above that, that section of the script. So oh, it's really? Did great. That's the only, did great. <laughs> it's the only speed I have. So this past weekend, you and I and 
Alex actually yeah, participated I... in the kind of funny social distancing Smash Brothers tournament. I was there. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, Nathan. You were there, too. It was just AJ who was missing. Yeah, I was a little busy, as I mentioned <laughs> I earlier. And you guys will be happy that I... So I I was... I took it a bit of a different role. I did participate, but since I... Nathan and I both help organize for Kind of Funny's Toronto fan group, I actually helped with a lot of the facilitation behind the scenes and actually spent some time doing commentary, which was very new to me. Like, I've never streamed. This is the closest... I get to doing anything like that. So it was actually a really, really cool experience to, to work with some of those guys and, and help facilitate the tournament. Kyle's great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I want to say, it's great that you got to commentate because you got to insert a lot of references to press YYZ the entire time. Yeah. Basically anytime I saw a, a, a user that I recognized as a KFTO member, I tried to call it out. So the three of you, I know Brad Shankar was in there. So shout out to him and the work he does over at mobile syrup. If you're not following, they do great uh, games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mobile, cell phone coverage, tech overall tech coverage for Canada. And they put out mm-hmm. some really interesting pieces, so definitely go check out Mobile Syrup if you're not already following them. Uh, I'm trying to remember some other names that, that pop, jumped out that were Toronto representing, but it was definitely every time one of y'all jumped into a match, and unfortunately, <laughs> I think I made it the furthest out of the four of us in the tournament. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I got completely shit on w- immediately. Wasn't my showing really impressive? Oh, yeah. Well, it was better than Alex's. No, I don't think it was. Okay. I want to defend no, myself Al- just slightly. No, no, no. It didn't you showed, you showed up late. You didn't know how to join the lobby, and you went with the default character of Mario. Like I didn't know that <laughs> it didn't let me pick a character. It does let you pick a character. You just didn't understand online Smash Brothers. That was yeah, the problem. I've never, play, I've never played online Smash, so you know what? I um, I played as Zero Suit Samus, and I went up against a Bowser user. And while unfortunately I got eliminated in the first round, it was Bowser honestly gang. a pretty yeah. It was honestly a pretty good fight. Like if. Of any match that could have eliminated me in the first round of any tournament, that was the one I would have wanted to have. Because we both had a good back and forth. At least you yeah. didn't die twice by falling off the edge and not recovering. Yeah. That's oh, wait, 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 me like Hold on a second. I didn't realize until now that that was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, oh, dear. I, you weren't listening to my wonderful commentary, you know, completely crap on him and the way he was uh, playing? I know, I... I, I I remember all that stuff, but anyways, I, I I'll stop making fun of Alex now. Yeah. Oh no! Co- please continue. <laughs> I gave cozy uh, gave you the extra shout out for the cozy enough for kind of funny stuff. So making sure people tried to to jump on and, and check that stuff out, and that's part of the reason why you actually missed last week's show was your uh, your second ever Kazina for kind of funny direct one up, and that was really well done. So congrats to you on that. It was really good work. Yeah, I gotta say like your effort in those videos are it really shows and they're very well put together and i really enjoyed watching both of them so far thank you i'm gonna be making some efforts over the coming week and so to make sure that that direct gets in front of as many more eyes as possible because you know i obviously uh kind of funny is looking for people that are motivated and have the talents that they want at their offices but to some degree, uh, the up-and-comer process is contingent on popularity, on them knowing that you actually exist. Yeah. Uh, so I want to make sure that they know I exist. If they don't, they sure will after they check out those videos. Yeah. So the uh, other thing that you and I did together, Cozy, just to get over the, the you and I hanging out bit, was we actually had a Netflix party the other night. We did. So us and a few other kind of funny best friends from the toronto area actually jumped on netflix used this chrome extension called netflix party 
which lets you sync up everybody's session essentially. So they're all following the video at the same time with chat. And we watched Shaun of the Dead, which was really a really weird experience given the current situation and you know just finding ways to socialize without being near people was weird but it, i was glad to have it myself so like what i'm trying to understand is did you intentionally pick Shaun of the dead because yes. of okay yes it was tongue-in-cheek okay. around the current situation but i mean i nonetheless I, it was bizarre i mean i thought it was bizarre because of how many early 2000 2000s isms i I almost said 2007 isms but it takes place (laughs) earlier than that uh i think it came out 2004 2004 yeah yeah. 2004 yeah Yeah. one thing i forgot about that movie is there's a someone uses the n-word and that is very much out of place in today's society that would not fly uh that was that was weird Otherwise, though, it was a good time. Uh, that's a yeah. movie that's been on my bucket list for a while, and I'm glad I got around to it. Oh, had you not seen it before that? No. Oh, wow. It, it, oh, did wow. you did you find, being this your first time watching, that it kind of, like, held up and stood the test of time? It, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a kind of a period piece of its time, but did it did it still hold up in your, your head? Yeah, did it live up to the expectations? Uh, I mean, I feel like Mitch can answer this better because he's seen it already, but... It's, he has well, no, I wanted your opinion. Like, as oh. I wanted your opinion coming coming to it new. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say that for the most part it does. I think that uh, towards the end, I feel like it falls apart a little bit uh, when they're in the bar and when people start dropping like flies. Uh, but I feel like the uh, final few scenes at the very, very end of the movie kind of bring it all back. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The, the ending does feel a little bit rushed, but the choreographed fight scene to Queen's Don't, Don't Stop, Stop Me, Me now, now is some of the best, you know, cinematic work that I think Edgar Wright has done. And honestly, I think that sort of set up what he did with Baby Driver, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, yeah, it, it still definitely holds up compared to when it first released. Yeah, I uh, so I should mention I had seen um, the movie that follows uh, this movie them- thematically, um, the end of the world. Oh, mm-hmm. the world's end. The world's end. The world. The world's end. Sorry, uh, and I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. I feel like that movie had like the kind of moral center of that movie. I think was a little bit more prevalent than this movie, uh, but I think that this movie was definitely funnier. Uh. So, I feel like myself and Mitch have been talking for quite some time here. Oh, I got more to say. I've been bottled up for a week, but I'll let someone else take their turn. Yeah, any any of the three of you guys been doing anything else other than hanging out on uh, desolate islands and building them up with weeds and bells? So, and uh, demons. Yeah, and murdering all the demons. Um, I mean, for the most part, those two things have been the main things I've been doing, but as well while playing Animal Crossing, because it's a game that you can kind of uh, divide your attention with, which is really nice. So I've also been binging It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is, Mm. you know, a very, very, very great show. It is extraordinarily funny. I mostly started it because after finishing uh, Mythic Quest, the stuff that was really funny in that, I knew was what Always Sunny was like, and so I just decided to just take the dive and... So far, I'm on season seven of, I think there's like 11 to 14. I don't know exactly how many there are, but there's like an absurd amount of seasons right now. And it's really, really good. Um, Yeah, like I I really 
have been enjoying it. It's a great show to just like binge like six or seven episodes in one sitting and then just kind of go off and then come back to it. Like, um, yeah. So that's kind of it besides the, the games. I will say, I I will say, um, despite all the sadness uh, that I had in my life this weekend, you know, the, the games came out at a great time uh, for that, but I did inherit uh, a, a literal Co- Korean War, I don't know if it was used, uh, bayonet that uh, my grandfather had. And it, it's just, it's it's super sharp, but it's it's been well taken care of. It's well oiled. Um, it's just one of those historic relics that's actually super cool that I, I didn't even know existed until, you know, this weekend, so... I mean, I'm happy to hear that because I think we all know now that if things go yeah. really bad, we all out to get to AJ's house. Absolutely. I I have protection, if you know what I mean, huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I get the sense uh, from the speed at which the show is going that we all really want to talk a lot about Doom and Animal Crossing. So I'm going to give you guys three-ish seconds right now to blurt out anything else that you want to say that is not Doom or Animal Crossing. Are you ready? All right. Three- we're not going to do it at the same Two, time. One. Going once. Going twice. Nathan, you haven't going been... Going thrice, and one. that's it. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to give Nathan an opportunity. He hasn't been providing... I think his mic is talking muted. ...talking much. Nathan, are you okay? Yeah, I think his mic is muted. Oh, no. Nathan. Nathan. Have we lost Nathan's audio. Nathan, blink but, twice if you're okay. It's probably like the last time where we lost his audio on the stream, but it was still recording. So there's going to be all this background noise on the podcast itself of Nathan providing his feedback, and none of us will be reacting to it whatsoever. Because oh, that definitely happened the last time. Still can't hear you, buddy. I see your lips moving, but we can't hear you. We'll give you a minute to fix your technical issues that you're running into. Uh, and while you do so, I'll say that the only other thing that I've been into gaming-related is I dusted off the old PSVR. And... Uh, jumped into a game that I had been meaning to finish for a while and did finish, and that's Tetris Effect. Hmm. Ooh, nice. As well as I started Astrobot Rescue Mission, which honestly is probably one of, if not the best platformer I've ever played. Oh. By I far. have that game as well, and I'm definitely going to want to give it a shot at some point. Oh, can you hear me oh. now? Yeah. Yes! Yeah. Uh, yay! I just wanted to talk okay, quickly. So. Um, I talked about a game a few weeks ago that I had uh, for review that I couldn't talk about yet. It's out. It came out on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Paper Beast. Okay. Uh, are you guys familiar with the game? What What is this game? It's I've never heard of it. It's a VR yeah, game, right? With, like, paper craft animals in a desert So or it's something? a VR game. It's uh, made by the guy who did Another World back on the Super Nintendo. So it's this really... Is this... Yeah. Sorry, is this like like the PC game basically that was ported to a bunch of stuff way back in the 90s or whatever? That was another world, yes. So, okay. it was like the first like game using 3D trying to use 3D polygonal uh, models. They remastered it a few years ago for PS3. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Paper Beast basically puts you on this voyage in this foreign unique world that I've never been in before. Uh it's everything's paper craft. It looks beautiful. The VR blew me away. And the way the puzzles were solved and the way the things like work together in the ecosystem. But once you finish the adventure, which is only a few hours long, 
there's a whole sandbox mode that you can be God in this universe and you can terraform the world and you can put water in and you can put like all the creatures in and they just coexist with each other and they'll start to hunt each other or different things will happen at night and it's just this really unique experience in VR. It's probably one of the best things I've played. Wow. Like, I, I'm very, very high on it. It's reviewing very, very well as well. Um, I'm not the only critic who thought very, very highly of it. Um, it was revealed during a state of play, I want to say, last year. Um, that seems uh, accurate. Seeing how they started them last year. <laughs> Since they only started yeah. last year. But uh, Paper Beast, if you've got PSVR, and it's a PSVR exclusive at the moment. It's worth checking out. Yeah, so right now, as of recording, it's got an 81 on Metacritic, which is really good for a VR title. So I'm definitely going to keep this one on my radar if it uh, maybe goes on sale or anything like that in the near to distant future. Uh, We should also mention, also at the time of this release, uh, Half-Life Alex just came out, which I feel like we're all obliged to play at some point, considering that three of us are named Alex. Uh, But unfortunately, I think that none of us have the tech that we need to play it at the moment. So, uh, unless I'm mistaken about nope. that, well, no, no. But it's definitely on my bucket list to get a VR headset that can what, play that game because I've been hearing that it's. When it fantastic. comes to PSVR, I'll touch it. It'll never come to PSVR. PSVR two. It might come to PSVR two. Dreamcast three. Now you're just throwing out ballpark ideas. Oh, that sorry, I like I it. That's what we were doing. I Wait, like are it. We skipping Dreamcast Turbo two. Graphics VR. CDI. There. Zelda new Oh game. my god, I want that so bad. <laughs> no, Me they're go- they're going the they're going the Xbox <laughs> route where their consoles are named Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox 1 and then Xbox. Mhm. It's just a circle. A unified So it'll be Dreamcast, Dreamcast 3 and then Dreamcast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking over the run of show and I just realized that apparently Mitch, you have a deal that you want to talk about before we get into Yield Animal Crossing. Yeah, so this one I just noticed today in that Control is 60% off right now on the PSN. Uh, So in Canada, that'll run you $32 at the moment. And it's also part of PlayStation Now. So if you do subscribe to that, you can download and play it. You don't have to stream it with PS4 games as far as I know, based on a friend I have who both listens to this show and is in love with Control playing it on PS Now right now. Um, So yeah, go check that out if you're interested in it all. It is by far i didn't get to it until early this year but it's the best game i've played so far this year and i've played animal crossing and doom so that says something hmm. nice. yeah it's fantastic the storytelling is so remedy does stories different than everyone else when it comes to like third person action games totally and yeah like it's it's insane it requires like it's not exactly like clear up front but it really just makes you constantly think about the game you're thinking about it like I mean, I'm still kind of thinking about it ever since I finished it back in January. And so, like, it's awesome. And telekinesis is never not cool in a game. So it's just amazingly satisfying. Great game. Neat. All right. And I have, finally. I've finished oh. my beer. Sorry. I just needed to let you know that. All Which right. just means you have to get another one. Yeah, uh, hey, look. I got another one right here. We're getting saucy this episode. Oh, boy. Before... Before I finally announce that it's time to do the topic of the show, does anyone else want to issue an important interruption? The only thing I want to say is with the state of the world as it is, with most businesses being shut down, I know Canada, or at least Ontario, has issued a, a, an essential services, non-essential service shutdown. 
the cities are all declaring states of emergency and things are getting crazy and it's really nice to have this as an escape with y'all to just I, sit together talk about games once a week and also there's aww. no news ha- also there's no news happening so we're just going to totally skip that section of the show jump right into our topic of the show i love you too man <laughs> thank you mitch although i was supposed to announce it was a talk of topic of the show not you how rude you've been talking about it as the topic of the show all night and by but that, all I, night, I mean for the last 20 minutes. Exactly. For the last 20 minutes, I've been trying to find an opening, just a door out of this maze of conversations and men in which I can finally say, it's time for the topic of the show. And then you stole my thunder. Yeah, pretty much. All right. It's time for the topic <laughs> of the show. We talk about Animal Crossing and Doom. Yes. What do you guys think of it? Doom so first. Good. Let's talk about Doom first, because I think there's less, less of us have less things to say about Doom than we do about animal crossing so that's fair alex so it's a good game it's really good um i guess yeah i guess i'll sort of spearhead the conversation well you're the I, only uh, one of us that's finished it right i have finished it twice at this point and i just started it on nightmare your girlfriend must be so pleased i haven't seen her in like 14 days and i'm really sad about oh, it shit. yeah but, uh, i'm man. sort of in the same boat with my fiance it sucks man it's, yeah, it really, really sucks. I miss her so much. Yeah, I just want to watch her play Animal Crossing because she's like genuinely, like she's been playing them since GameCube one, and she's like amazing at it. Like she just knows everything about it. I, I constantly thought, have to ask her things about. I thought it. we were talking about Doom. Okay, back to Doom. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted. We'll have the friends and family talk Animal Crossing podcast once we're allowed to see our friends and family again. Oh, that would be nice. Okay, so Doom Doom Eternal is obviously, uh, if you don't know, it's the sequel to Doom 2016, which is the reboot of Doom. Just, you know, getting all of that out of the way first. It's, a re- it's the best first-person shooter I've ever played. It is, without a doubt, Ooh. it is taken, like, it's better than Doom 2016. I, it's, mechanically, it is better than Halo 3. Mechanically, it's better than Titanfall 2. Those are, like, those are my top echelon first-person shooters, and I think Doom Eternal is better almost in every single way. There are some things about it that I do have some problems with that I think are different than 2016, but 90% of the changes that they made from 2016 are just fundamentally better. Because one of the biggest things about Doom 2016 was every answer could be, or every question could be solved with shotgun. You just need to use the shotgun, and you will kill the thing. But in, in Doom Eternal, yes, you could use the shotgun and you'll eventually kill stuff, but there's a big emphasis on strategy, on coming up with different ways, different effective ways of killing demons because they have different weak spots. Like the Arachnatron, which is like the spider guy with the big brain, he's got a turret on, his, on the top of his head, and if you use the assault rifle with the, with the scope mod and you shoot it, you shoot the turret it becomes less useful and so you're constantly as you're moving around the map which also the verticality is insanely faster which doom 2016 was i thought the fastest first person shooter i'd ever played but doom eternal is faster than 2016 which is insane but it's not overwhelming in how fast it is which which i really appreciate but you're constantly coming up with like you have a million different things that are going on. Like you need to uh, you need to keep track of your weapons, ammo, and your armor, and you just need to then keep track of all the enemies and where you're moving. And so, but it does it all. Like you eventually become it's both power fantasy and challenge. Where I think 
Doom 2016 was only power fantasy. That was a lot. Yeah. No, no, no you... Uh, I it's think what you, we I expected. Th- yeah, absolutely. I think, <laughs> I I think you going. totally nailed it. Um, I haven't played too much. Uh, my uh, perspective on it is a little bit unique because, as I mentioned on last week's show, uh, I decided to get it on Stadia. Oh, um, what is that like? Yeah. Honestly, uh, when you play it uh, on a PC, mouse and <laughs> keyboard, it's absolutely fine. I had issues with the controller. Now, I can't confirm whether or not it's similar issues with um, uh, PS4 and Xbox that I had with Stadia specifically, but I didn't have these problems on PS4 with Doom 2016. I didn't have these uh, issues with Doom 2016 on Xbox because it, I believe it came to Game Pass a while ago, so if you're itching to play that by all means do that. Um, but I had this weird issue with the Stadia controller where the right stick, so aiming, didn't feel good. Um, it, it I could not line up a shot for the life of me. I was also playing on Hurt Me Plenty difficulty. Um, I still am. Uh, it's it feels good with the mu- with the mouse and keyboard. That that could just be inherently a Doom thing, but Doom 2016 felt good with a controller on PS4. So I don't know if it's a in particular Stadia issue or not. Um, in terms of the the visual quality and everything, uh, it looks great. It uh, holds up really well, uh, even through the slight compression that is the video streaming on Stadia. Um, what, uh, what, so actually, um, on Stadia, I, I read this on the Stadia subreddit, they, they have slightly, beca- because everybody's staying at home and working from home, um, they have slightly reduced the, your ability to, uh, increase the quality. You can't play it in 4K, you can only play it in, I think, 1080, and that's totally fine for me, um. Uh, due to because of the state of the world, and they're trying to reduce the strain on the infrastructure, Google-wise, um, and all that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I'm actually uh, only a couple. Like, I, I think I just started the second level, and I'm actually uh, enjoying it a lot more now that I'm playing with mouse and keyboard. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, mouse and keyboard is kind of the way to go. I played it. I played. Um, I haven't played Eternal yet with the controller, but I did play Doom 2016 with the controller, and though it's good because they do, in that game at least, has have very good aim assist, and I'm sure that it's the case in Eternal as well. It is. It just... Okay, fair enough. Um, mm. It just it just hits differently when you have the precise maybe, movements of a mouse and a keyboard for a shooter like that. Maybe that's so, the issue. May, maybe because Stadia also has the option for mouse and keyboard like you can just actively swap you can pick up a controller and it just automatically switches over as if it were like a a steam game where you just grab the controller whatever but maybe because it's almost theoretically a pc game that aim assist is automatically turned off and maybe that's what i was experiencing i don't know it'd be worth going through the settings yeah yeah so i for as of time of recording i've played maybe an hour and a half it only got delivered today and i wasn't actually originally planning on buying this when it first came out to be honest because i didn't have money to spend on that and animal crossing but i ended up finding a coupon and used that coupon 
Uh, shout Ooh. out to L Babins on Twitter. I know I talk about this account a lot. L B A B I N Z. It's a it's a great account. Has lots of posts, lots of great deals. That's where I get most of the deals for this show from. Uh, and there was like a ten dollar coupon from Staples of all places, and uh, that's how I ended up getting it. And I can talk about the controller experience because I've been playing on my PS4 Pro. And just for frame of reference, I played Doom 2016 on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, both in I'm handheld so, and docked. I'm so glad you're playing it on a real machine. Why did I play Doom 2016 on the Nintendo Switch? Because people tried to make you think it was a good idea because they want to be like, you should play everything on Switch. The truth is not everything's meant to be played on Switch. Okay, like it was, it was a really good experience on the Switch. I am, however, glad that I'm playing this one on a PS4 Pro because, oh my God, is this game pretty? It's so pretty. Like, it's just, it's, it's, a it's very beyond what I expected this game to look like compared to what I played of Doom 2016. And for the most part, I'm having no issues with the controls. Um, getting around the, the traversal in the game is a lot more than uh, was in Doom 2016. So, like Alex said, there's a lot more verticality. There's climbing now, so there's some mild platforming. Uh, yeah. The dash ability is very... I don't know if that's new or not, but that... The really, dash is new. It is new, yeah. So that yeah. that helps a lot with the traversal because I always felt like with Doom 2016, I was ending... I ended up getting, like, backed into a corner and if I didn't use up all my ammo, I was going to die. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I have a better sense of movement and, like, the arena that I'm fighting in with this one compared to Doom 2016. God, I just want to stop recording this right now and play more. It's so good. Yeah, um, can, can I interrupt you guys for a quick second and ask kind of, of a, a, a nerdy controller question? Um, so I played Doom 2016 on the PlayStation 4, and one thing that I could never quite wrap my head around, and this is, I, I acknowledge, super weird, uh, but I could never quite wrap my head around that, like, for example, the BFG was assigned to a face button. Like, well, it, it, it's, it's so uh, in, in Eternal, uh, I'm, they haven't gotten to getting the bfg yet nope. um but it is now part of your regular weapon rotation spoilers so okay. you can so you can get you can you can scroll to it um which actually i was gonna say is one of the one of this is like this is such a nitpicky thing for myself personally but it's such a minor mechanic thing that i don't actually like i wish it was assigned <laughs> to a button there are other oh, really? things i do i do because there will be times because i'm constantly switching between this is gonna get really into the weeds, but so on. <laughs> do on, it, do it. On, get into the so weeds. On mouse and keyboard, on mouse and keyboard, when you hold Q, Q. If you tap Q, it'll go to whatever weapon you were using last. If you hold it, you'll open up the weapon wheel. So on con- on you... controller, that's the R1 or right button. Okay, fair enough. Um, By default. And so and so a lot of the time, and also if you use the scroll wheel, you can also cycle between all your weapons. Now that the BFG is in the rotation and the ammo on that is so much more limited because you don't get it via chainsawing enemies, I will sometimes, sometimes when I'm just like in the motions, I will be scrolling, just going to the next weapon, and sometimes the BFG will come up and I'm just not even like, I don't even register that that's the next weapon, and then I click and then I use the BFG when I don't really want to, um, and it just kind of, I feel like I wish I had more agency of just like, I want to decide when it's going to be coming up by the button press. I liked it better in 2016 like that, but that's such a minor nitpicky thing that I'm okay with. So what is nice, at least with the weapon wheel and the way it is, when you go into it, it does slow the action quite a bit, at least on console. I don't know if it was the same on PC. It does as well. Uh, Which is nice. 
because um, I've only just unlocked my third weapon, so the weapon wheel becomes a lot more important when you're not just quick switching between. So with the tap of the weapon select button, you're switching between your most your two mo two most recently used weapons. But you really do need the weapon wheel because ammo in this game does not come up very often unless you're, you know, using up all your chainsaw uses. Uh, but what is interesting, though, is that knowing the BFG will eventually be in the weapon wheel, like, why? It would be nice if you, like, the nice thing about this game is it does support full button remapping. So you can do custom controls, you can do whatever you want, which is really cool. But the fact that you have both the chainsaw and flamethrower i want to say yeah, yeah. Uh, attached to face buttons whereas the bfg now is not is kind of a drag uh but mm -hmm. i mean I'll, I'll tell you what i feel about that when i actually get to it hmm. okay yeah. i mean i uh, to get back to what i was saying earlier like I, i'm actually totally happy and fine with the bfg being assigned to um the like rotation of weapons that you have because I, there were totally instances in Doom 2016's campaign where I totally forgot where or how to access the BFG. And I, mean, I totally see why you would find it a nuisance what they did, uh, Alex. But I personally am totally fine with this change. Yeah, like I, completely, I completely get why they did it. Because I, 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 know for, I know for myself when I probably played the game the first time that I forgot about it until like the last boss. Uh, so... Most people are only going to play the game maybe once, and so I to get them to be able to use everything in their arsenal, I'm totally cool with that. Fair enough. Um, I can continue. I, I've got a couple of things that I just wanted to... I wanted to just sort of bring up a big point of this game. Uh, compared to 2016, there's one major difference, I would say, between it. No spoilers. No, I, yeah, I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to spoil it. This is like mechanics only okay. that you've already experienced. And I think you really experience it at the beginning of the game as well. This game is super resource management way more than 2016. You There's no less... ammo anywhere. Oh yeah, you God. have way less ammo at the beginning of the game. Uh, glory kills give you zero ammo now. They You have to chainsaw, but yeah. now your chainsaw is actually on a recharge. So it's constantly evaluating how much ammo you have in which guns and you have to then and you but now the armor is not just scattered around i mean it is scattered around the arena but it's also attached to your flame spitter so if you set an enemy on fire and kill the enemy armor explodes so now you can decide what you you can evaluate what resource you need more do you need ammo health or do you need armor and then you can make the decisions as you're going through the arena which thing is more important to you and i really like that that um difference because then it makes it makes your choices more impactful to how you're going to survive this next encounter which it, also the game is way harder yeah i was gonna say like it does make it much more of a mind game as to what you're going to prioritize and when but for a game where you're just supposed to feel like this badass running through everything and blowing up every every demon you run into, it kind of takes away from it when I have to think, oh, okay, well, do I have enough ammo in this gun to finish this encounter? Do I need to use the chainsaw? Do I need to use the flamethrower so that I can get armor so I can survive long enough to do this, that, or the next thing? It's, it becomes a little too much to manage, at least I, for me in the early game. Maybe once things open up and I have more weapons and things like that, it won't be as limiting but for the first hour and a half like the first 90 minutes i've played of it i've really felt that resource constraint yeah i've um 
being only on like the second level at this point, I've I've noticed the, the a similar issue where, you know, I'm 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 running around and I'm just trying to kill as many dudes as I can, but then I'm running out running out of ammo, and then it's just like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that specifically. Um, I know what at at some point I know it's gonna it's just gonna click and it'll make absolute sense and there'll be a good fluidity and a good flow to it all but you know it's yeah yeah there there really is a point where it just kind of for me especially being so wrapped up in 2016 and how that game works like to a just like to a beat by beat level that like now there really is a point where the game just like it just clicks and you're like oh this is so much better and i don't know if i could go back to 2016 the way that i once was this is like this game is so it's the it does i think i i said this before but it does a really good job of blending the power fantasy and the challenge where i don't think the challenge was as much there in 2016 and i really like that this game feels like a the most intense multiplayer match you've ever played in your entire life where you barely win except for you're facing ais the whole time (laughs) I mean, I feel like I better get around to platinuming Doom 2016 now. <laughs> so the yeah. thing the thing I'm missing most, honestly, going from the Switch to the PS4 with Doom, is when I played Doom 2016 handheld, it had motion control. And honestly, for finer aiming, it was really nice to have that. Um, not, not to say that I'm not enjoying Doom Eternal for that reason. Like, the, no, I, the horsepower I, I of the it. system is definitely coming out. Like I'm definitely seeing it with this game, but that was a little nice touch that they that uh, I think it was Panic Button was the developer that ported it, uh, Doom 2016 to the Switch. So it was a, it was a yeah it was a nice touch for them to add that in the port. I don't think it was initial, but it was a, in a later update. But playing it with that turned on was really nice in handheld, and I do miss it. But honestly, Doom Eternal has just blown me like the little bit I've played with played of it. It's it's blown away all my expectations of this. Alex, have mm. you touched the multiplayer at all? I've played a couple of rounds. I think it's extraordinarily underwhelming. Like, they were really promoting this multiplayer mode. So the multiplayer mode, for those who might not be aware, is a 2v1 where one person plays as the Slayer and two people play as different demons. You can choose the Marauder, the... Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that you can play as. I think you can play as a Prowler, whatever. Like, you can play as a couple of... You have a couple of selection of demons. And it's the 2v1, and there's some AI demons as well, like some AI imps, and they're just trying to kill the Slayer while the Slayer is trying to kill the two player-controlled demons. And it's just really underwhelming. Like, you're... I I have only played... I played a little bit... I played as a Prowler, and I played as... um, the slayer for one of the rounds and as the slayer you're severely underpowered which i just didn't really like all that much and as the as the demons like they're not very at least the one i played as wasn't very fun and i don't know i just all like their animations for the the um demons are not like they are in the game because they kind of can't be because they're not as fluid because you have to have uh input of control and so i just I think it's really strange that id has been so on top of like just making these awesome awesome single player campaigns in these last two games but they've really fumbled on both multiplayer modes for both these dooms 
which at some point it's like, why bother? Can I can I tangent the conversation for just for a second? Go for sure. it. No. So Alex, you talked about playing as the demon, and I did notice an in, uh, an interesting segment of that game where you do get to play as one of the demons in the campaign, and Spoilers. I noticed that while you went through the inaugural stream on the press yyz twitch account so i just kind of wanted to know what you how you felt about your first time streaming yes so i was so so excited for doom on thursday night and i had so there's a whole bunch go on but i was so excited about doom on thursday night that i was like i looked up when is it going to unlock and there was, you know, when you look up something on Google and it shows up the, like, it shows on the Google The little page, preview of a news article or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that, like, has the information you're looking for. And so when I did that, I saw it unlocks for the rest of the world at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard. Or no, it was, yeah, it was it was 4 o'clock Four o'clock PST, time. yeah. Yeah, 4 which o'clock PST. 7 o'clock our time. Yes, thank you. And so I was like, oh, okay, so Doom's going to unlock at 7. I'm going to start streaming a couple hours beforehand. I'm going to play some, like, Master Chief Collection. I first wanted to see if I could stream because now that I'm locked inside my house, I need things to do. <laughs> you need to and talk so, to the internet. Yeah, so, um, but yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to play some Master Chief Collection I and then stream Doom for the first couple of hours. And turns out I was wrong about when it came out. <laughs> the internet lied to you? How dare they? Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> you really think that's what people would do? They just go on the internet and tell lies? I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. We're oh, all yeah. simpatico um, at the moment. Way ahead of you. Um, but yeah, so then I got really, really disappointed. Um, I clipped the moment on the twitch.tv slash pressyyz Twitch account. So um, if you want to see the moment of realization that I had where literally my whole world was coming crashing down on me. I was in chat. Can... It was pretty funny. Yeah. Some of, some of my friends from school were watching. They were laughing at me too. It was great. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be a, a thing that I'm going to do semi-regularly of just jumping on the Press YYZ uh, Twitch account and playing Right now, I'm locked to games that are on my uh, PC because I don't have a capture card for either my PS4 or my Switch. And yeah. I want to make this a little bit more of a regular thing, uh, especially right now because I have the time for it. And yes, yeah, yeah. streaming is fun, and I mean, but it's also exhausting. We've got a, I don't know got how a... you do it, Cozy. I, I congratulate you. I was going to say, because, we ha- oh my god, it's Thank exhausting. You. We have a resident streamer you can go to for any advice you may need, and that's Cozy. Yeah. I'm- and by all means, do come to me for advice. I, uh, I'm sad to say that, unfortunately, I missed your broadcast while it was happening live. I think I was still trying to get through the moat section of the Mama Fratelli pirate prison maze. The what, who, um, what, now, what? Definitely me. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, it does. You have to explain this pirate maze you were going through at the time. I mean, I, I feel like the name of it describes it pretty well. It was a pirate maze. But it sounds like it was a pirate maze in the basement of an Italian restaurant. Moving on. <laughs> I want to ask, uh, to get back to your comments about the multiplayer of Doom Eternal, though, do you feel Mm -hmm. like the lackluster multiplayer for this game really ruins the experience? Because I remember... Absolutely not. Okay, because I remember with the original Doom 2016, like, I feel like initially the reaction around that game was, oh man, it's pretty disappointing that the multiplayer isn't up to snuff. And I feel like pretty quickly everybody was like, but you know what, man, this single player campaign is superb. Like, it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, like I would say, I mean, with 2016 especially, it didn't matter as much because the multiplayer wasn't even made by id. It was a certain affinity, which was, was... It was just a deathmatch thing, right? Yeah, it was like a kind of a really lame arena. Yeah, uh, they tried to go match. back to their roots. Yeah, there was some points where you could play as demons, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That's but... correct. So, I mean, that's correct. I wouldn't call it lame or going back to their roots, because, I mean, certain affinities experience is in developing mostly uh, multiplayer maps and, and helping out with the multiplayer aspects of the Halo franchise. So they're really drawing yeah. on some real, sorry, like, I, a real, a real pedigree of experience. <laughs> I meant going back to Doom and Id's roots, kind of. Yeah, that's where, fair. Where you, have, where you have, like, Quake and, uh, and, and stuff like that, you know, that era. Sure. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say it's definitely. I mean, Doom Eternal and Doom 2016 are both amazing full packages that if you paid, if you paid the ninety dollars Canadian right now to get them, you would be in. And you only play the single player, you would be in for a hell of an experience. No pun intended. It's fantastic, and the lackluster multiplayer doesn't take away from that at all. Can I'm I really can, happy to hear Can that. I just stop recording uh, yeah. and go play more? <laughs> I I'm so authentically happy that this game came out and it's as good as it was. Like my expectations for it were astronomical, as you know, and I was beyond satisfied with it. And the fact that a Doom game and a Half Life game have both come out in the same year. I haven't played Half Life, but the fact that both of these games are at least nine out of tens makes the eyes on halo infinite that much harsher because yeah like if halo infinite i'm gonna say this right now doom eternal is going to be better than halo infinite by a long margin halo infinite is not going to live up to any expectations that i have for it and that's really disappointing to say we don't even know what it is at this point (laughs) exactly so lower your expectations now um no uh with regards to to doom specifically um Story-wise, without you know going into spoilers or anything, um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've listened to a couple podcasts and I've heard that story-wise, like it's trying to do, um, what? It's trying the, to be a little bit deeper. The comparison yeah. that I've heard is like it's trying to trying really hard to do more and to to live up to the expectations that doom 2016 set but it can come across similar to duke nukem um i wouldn't say it's that bad because like i mean duke nukem is just kind of like was kind of just really trying too hard where i feel like doom eternal is trying to be more story focused like you can tell that almost instantly the fact that there are actual cutscenes, and it's not just first person. It's not from a first person perspective that you actually see the Doom Slayer. You see his face, which I don't know if I really like all that much. Um, they tried to have a bigger emphasis on the story, and I don't think it worked. One of the things I really liked about Doom 2016 was the story that was there was just a background for these this embodiment of violence that you were playing as, and it was just an excuse to kill demons. Where I don't think. The Doom story is stupid. Doom Eternal's story is stupid, and it doesn't matter, but they really, really tried to... Like, they really thought that they could make something... They tried was... to make it matter and kind of stumbled over the finish line. It also didn't I take was, us 15 yeah. years to get a sequel to Doom 2016 the way that it did for Duke Nukem. 
that's fair yeah um, i would also I do say wanna... oh go ahead well i just want to dune in for sorry i said doom in uh i want to <laughs> Hone in for a quick second on the Doom guy. Um, you mentioned how you get to see his face a little bit more. Do, mm-hmm. do you, is he also like in general like more of an expressive character in this game? Because and I'm going to go on a very short, very quick little tangent here. I remember before playing Doom 2016, I read a lot of reviews and impressions of the game that talked about how expressive of a character he was, how he would do those fist bumps with the like little doom guy dolls how he would give the thumbs up when he was sinking into the lava and dying and i went into the game expecting that he would be this expressive character and then kind of came out of it being like huh he actually was not as expressive as i feel like people hyped him up to be um jumping ahead like would you say that yeah doom guy and doom eternal is kind of similar to how he was in 2016 or is there more to him this time around i would say i mean there is more to him but not much more like i don't want to spoil anything for the game because both aj and mitch are still are very very not far into it so i'm not gonna spoil anything for it but you in 2016 you got um you got this like essence of personality when he does things like when samuel's like okay you have to remove the thing very carefully and he kicks it open because he's just like he's blunt force as a person you got like you got essence of personality from that where i feel like they try to take that and then push it to the next level and i don't know if it really mattered i felt like the the balance that they struck in 2016 with who the doomslayer is i think was a better way of going about it than in eternal but i can't really go into more details without bringing up actual examples of it yeah i with Mm. the limited time i've had with the game there is no story here it makes zero sense the doom slayer is not a character he's just an avatar and that's it that's Mm. literally all i've gotten out of this game so far but the mechanics are so good the 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 shooting is so good the movement is so fluid the game levels are really well designed they make me want to go back and find the secrets that i missed and things like that because they thank god they improved the map in this game compared to doom 2016 because the map in doom 2016 mm-hmm. was god awful and this one is actually really? good i i mean i personally was not i did not have a problem at all with the map in doom 2016 i mean i i appreciate it because i'm a huge fan of the metroid prime games and i've got heavy metroid primes exp- uh, vibes exploring it like in, in what way is the map would you say that much better in this game i would just say like I think what Mitch is referring to is like the actual just layout of the map when you hit the when you hit like the um, button to go into the map and like look at it. You can actually tell where you are and where you need to be going. Like the actual level designs of 2016 and Eternal are great. It's just when you wanted to look at the map, with, like the the hologram of the map, and figure out where you are and where you needed to go, it wasn't particularly clear in 2016. Where in Eternal, it's a lot more easier to actually figure out what where the paths are that you can go and where you need to yeah go. i would say at least for the levels i've played thus far it's a lot more linear of an experience when it comes to the map so it's a lot clearer that yes i'm on level x and i need to get to level y to get to this point in terms of like the verticality of the map i would have issues with 2016 that i'm trying to go a certain way but when i look at the map i can't tell if i'm on level one or level two and if i need to be on level one or level two when there were things intersecting like the level design was really good but it wasn't designed in such a way that the map made sense a lot of the time in doom 2016 
at least with what I've played thus far of Eternal, they've they've corrected that as well as on the map screen. It is much clearer of, yes, these are the areas I've been to. This is where I need to go. The area like they're using a lot higher contrast lines on the map in this game as compared to Doom 2016. So it's a lot clearer where the what the boundaries are of certain areas compared to Doom 2016, which I really appreciate. And that actually kind of segues into another another conversation of I kind of went through the menus and just perused them a little bit, but a friend of the show, Steve Saylor, actually did a really good breakdown of the accessibility options in this game. And there's a lot to dig through when it comes to those menus, so kudos to Bethesda for putting that all in. They probably could have taken it a little further. There are still some limitations when it comes to an accessibility standpoint that this game presents, and I would encourage anybody to go check out Steve Saylor on Twitter, he shared a lot of information about what he felt about with Doom, uh, Doom Eternal, and, and how they could have maybe done a little bit better when it comes to those settings. So definitely go give him a click, give him a like, give him a follow. Um, that's uh, and so for those who aren't familiar, Steve Saylor is technically blind, uh, but can still play games just in a in a very different capacity to the way that you and I would play games and he goes through really good breakdowns on his on his YouTube channel which I think is youtube.com slash snowball I could be wrong yes yeah. that sounds that sounds that right. sounds right uh, but you can find him on Twitter at Steve at Steve Saylor and definitely go check out everything he's doing right now when it comes to accessibility is phenomenal we're definitely gonna try and see if we can have him on this show at some yes point. please that would be great that would be great. Yeah, because he is, I don't know if you mentioned it, but he is a Toronto native. No, I didn't mention it, but thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a local boy, and we like to support our friends here in the, the local video game podcasting community. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to move things along, but I do only have one last final question. So I want everyone to, you know, ease up, get your muscles out, just stretch it. Give me a second. I just, I just finished to... my drink. I got to get another one. All right. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, I, I finished yeah. my second beer already, just so you know. I didn't want to interrupt Ooh. this time. Now I'm oh, drinking that's water. That's not a problem. So. Well, well, now you just interrupted saying that. Oh, so. sorry. My bad. No, that's not I've a I've had two beers. All right. Final question of the night All for right. Doom Eternal. Does the platinum seem easy? Oh, um... From what I can tell, there isn't. Oh man, I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that difficult. There's no. Um, there's... Hold on, I just want to say I. I was really hoping that Mitch would get into his seat as I was asking that question. I'm here. What? Just... I heard my name. Nah, Alex, just continue answering the question. You don't have to. We don't have to repeat it. Oh, uh, well, I would say uh, it seems like it's pretty straightforward. It's um, there's no difficulty based achievements uh, or trophies, which is very very nice. Um, yeah, so you don't have to beat the game on Ultra Nightmare. You There's not even, um, like in 2016, there's not even a beat it on Ultra Nightmare and not die. Uh, like, there's nothing like that. So from what I can tell, I don't see any difficult trophies, which is pretty nice. Um, if I cared more about Steam achievements, I'd probably try to complete the game, but I'm at least going to like go through and get all the collectibles and stuff. How about those Stadia <laughs> achievements? Cool. Wait, that's a No, thing. it's not. Yeah, they that's actually a have joke. Those. Yeah. No, it oh, is okay, a thing. Oh, it they brought them. They finally I brought them out. I po I popped a couple uh, Stadia achievements before uh, we started the podcast when I was uh, playing there for a bit. Wow. Yeah. They they work. It's happening. So yeah, I, I haven't looked at the trophy you, list um, at all, so I can't really provide any input input there. 
Okay. I mean, there's I'm, no uh, difficulty ones, so. I was ha I, I was concerned that you might erupt into a rage when you heard that my final question was asking about the platinum, but it seems like you're pretty fine with me asking. I've that. been drinking. That's fine. Hear that. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. There's a theme here. Uh, so it, it does look like there are some trophies that are tied to battle mode, which is what I'm assuming is the multiplayer, yeah. Alex. It so there, okay. you, you, you have to get 200 kills. I mean, kills. does it seem like they're... Oh, God, that sounds... That's, that's, that's not, not, it's not great. Mean, is, it 200, I, I, is it 200 player kills? Kill 200 because, opponents. Okay, because there are... I know... Oh, that's probably... It probably means other players. That's and probably if that's the players. case... If, if that is the case, then that sucks because, you know, the game is a 2v1, so there's not a lot of opportunities to be able to kill people per yeah. match. So if you're looking at, like, maybe maybe five kills a match, you can do the math. It's going to take you a while to... I mean, it's tedious, but it's attainable. Yeah. Which is oh, a God. bit of a drag. I hate seeing these kind of multiplayer trophies in these games. Yeah. I mean, uh, personally, oh, like, in my experience, I've... There have been a fair few games I've played in the past uh, that have featured multiplayer components that have trophies attached to them, and it's it's honestly been not that big of a deal. It's still, yeah, it is still too bad, and it's it's disappointing that at some point developers didn't just band together and be like, hey, we're going to put out a separate mm -hmm. trophy list exclusively for the multiplayer. Oh, here's an, that here, is separate from here's the another player. nasty achievement. Kill a player demon with each of the eight Slayer weapons. So given that you have oh, a two-thirds yeah. chance of not being the Slayer... That could also can, take a while. You can, you can, um, you can queue up for oh, can you? or demons okay. if you want. Yeah, you can you can choose if you want to if you want to queue up just to play a match. If you want to queue up as a slayer or if you want to queue up as a okay, and that that so helps that's a bit. Nice. But even then, like, I I yeah. just don't like multiplayer trophies because I don't like multiplayer. So I'm probably not going to get this platinum. But then again, I only have eleven, and I think half of those are telltale platinums, so they don't count. So. Mm. It's also going to suck when no one's playing the multiplayer for Doom Eternal yeah. in like. Well, that's three the months, thing is you so, have to you play know. when people are playing. Yeah, yeah I wonder like, how it's going to be on Stadia. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I haven't touched the multiplayer on Stadia, so I have no idea if anybody else has bought the game there. But isn't multiplayer on mm. Stadia supposed to be better because you're always going to be on the same server and things like that? Yeah, in theory, you would think so. <laughs> the, that, the problem is that it would work that way. It's just it's just a matter of nobody's I was playing say, it. it doesn't matter how many people yeah, are on the server if there's only one person on the server absolutely i was gonna say have you played have you actually played any multiplayer games on stadia i yet? haven't yet mm. yeah that's that yeah it's 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 been one of those things it's it's stadia's been there i just not even i've really touched it that much like this is the first thing that i've purchased on stadia other than the subscription for the the past couple the actually it'd be one or two months that i i've paid for the subscription just so i can get the pro games yeah because you got the I'm first sure. three months free as part of stadia like the stadia yeah, the first founders edition free. right yeah the first three months free and then um how long has it been what november it came out i don't so remember that, yeah so i probably paid for one month so far and you know i don't regret that necessarily but We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll if see you, what the future looks like. If you remember those commercials, Stadia apparently defies time and space. So, oh yeah, Reggie Watts is great. Years that it's been out. Reggie yeah. Watts is great at selling me that. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, Nathan has been sitting dejected in a corner now for 
close to 500 it's okay. years. okay. He went. He so got I a drink. That... He probably used the washroom. He had lots of time to just relax. I know, but I think that we all come here so that we can express our thoughts and opinions equally on this podcast. And I think that uh, we're long due giving Nathan his due. So I want to switch the conversation over to talking about Animal Crossing. And Nathan... Oh, thank God. So while you guys are talking about Doom, just to be fair, I was playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> that's what I expected, so no. that's fine. What a surprise. Um, Animal Crossing, I didn't think I was going to like it. I got it because my wife's in love with Animal Crossing. She's played the DS version. She's played the 3DS version in ad nauseum. And I've always like been... That game looks stupid. So we got the new one for the Switch, New Horizons... We unlock it at midnight on Thursday. She pl- The first game I've ever seen her start playing at midnight till 2 in the morning. But I'm right beside her the entire time. And now Tom Nook's got me good. I own like $550,000 in mortgage now uh, for my next house upgrade. The game's just phenomenal. It's got a gameplay loop, which just keeps me coming back and coming back and coming back. I probably put, God, it came out last week, 10 or 15 hours into it so far. So how, how are you guys feeling on this game hit at a time where the world can't go outside so we're all going to tropical islands to escape the inevitability of the world going to shit really really quickly honest honestly like this game hit at a a perfect time for me and for a large majority of the population where i just needed a distraction that was nice that was calming that was relaxing and that's exactly what animal crossing has been for me it's nice it's chill Honestly, I'll work all day, but the game is still on on my TV because I love just listening to the music and it calms me. It's very nice. Um, And it's become a bit of a phenomenon on social media. Like, I feel like all I see, and granted, a lot of who I follow on social media are in the games industry or or somewhere related to it. But everyone is playing this damn game. My entire friends list is playing this damn game. My sister bought us or had a switch given to her as a christmas gift just so she could get this game she texted me today that her friend who's never owned a video game console wants to get a switch to play animal crossing right now because she wants to play it in isolation it is just bizarre how, like this game is selling yeah. better than pokemon did when it launched which is just how how is this game selling better than pokemon or smash when they launched for the switch it makes zero sense but i've like I'm like you, Nathan. I'd not played one of these games before. I didn't think it was for me, and I'm totally hooked. Like the gameplay loop has me. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it is that Nintendo charm. Maybe it is the state of the world as we know it right now. But I'm yep. totally in. So uh, hold on. I know that I'm missing the opinions of two more hosts, but I figured that this is the kind of question that's worth asking at any time. What exactly is with the obsession with? Uh, islands that have peaches on them. I got me damn peaches. I got some peaches too. They look like butts. Peaches yeah. look like butts. Yeah. My island has peaches by default. Oh. So is that yeah. is that really? Yeah, it? that's yeah. more or less it. Nathan, if you need more peaches, I'm your guy. I've got a okay. peach island. Sweet, so you're sweet, good. sweet. I had apples. Boy, does he? Oh yeah, um, yeah. AJ's seen my peaches. I've seen well, his peach have... island. If you know. Do you what see? I mean. Did you see I, my I cherry area well. that I built? I need more cherries, so I may come visit okay, let Something, something, don't pop it. Uh, I, I popped my cherry island. 
your Animal yeah. Crossing chair. You there, pro- it there, there it is. We found it. Woo! Good job. So, I mean, if you guys had to rank the fruits and uh, fruit-like vegetables in Animal Crossing, Ooh, this what is would the a, ranking be? I think peaches are number one. I'm going to throw a curveball okay. out there and say I like coconuts. And I think coconuts okay. deserve a top five spot at least. Maybe top three. Okay, well, it's a top six total, so okay. it, it can be in the top yeah, exactly. five. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think top three for me. Oranges are pretty good. Eh, Let's be real. They're a little too mm. domestic for me. I, I'm a big Apple fan, so I'm happy. But you use Android, I, I thought. No, I hate, yeah, I hate Apple, Apple the technology. Apple. I like Apple the fruit. I feel like cherries have been very hard yeah. to come by. I do not know anyone that actually has a cherry island. The f- uh, so, Nathan, mm. I did see your conquest on Twitter of finding a cherry island and stealing all of the trees. I found so many. I want, you, I want to steal one Was of that the impressive, trees. like the amount of cherry trees I got? Well, it's, it's, some, it's the first time I'd yeah. seen it. So there, there's a mechanic in the game where you can pay. So there's two types of currency in the game. Nook miles, which you earn through just day-to-day tasks. And bells, which you earn by either finding random bells on your island or selling goods back to the Nook family. And you can use Nook Miles to go and travel to uncharted islands, which have some random variety of things on them. So I've ended up on the bamboo yeah. island a number of times where everything's just bamboo trees. You can. Uh, oh, I feel like every other trip I take is to Bamboo Island. It's kind of a drag, to be honest. I have way too much bamboo. So you're welcome to some okay. of my bamboo. Um, yeah, lots of bamboo. Uh, you can end up on an island that is just money rocks. Yeah. So another mechanic in the game, once per day, you can hit a rock on your island that will only produce money. So if you end up on an island that just has money rocks, you can end up with hundreds of thousands of bells after that trip. Um I yeah, have you, not experienced any of these things. You need so far. to use the Nook Miles, get those Nook travel I've vouchers, whatever it. they are, and go to these islands. You, I, that's all I'm doing when I'm not just walking the. Circ- okay, does anyone else find fishing the game oddly calming? It's my least favorite mechanic. I'm gonna be honest. I, I love fishing in this game, I've, and I don't know why. The fish move right as I'm sending the re- like the the lure out. Yeah, um, a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's part of the battle. Like it's 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 a it's a battle of wills between you and the fish, and it just it for whatever reason it zens me out in a way that nothing else in this game does. I don't know why it just does. I I wish the aiming of it was a Precise. little more. Uh, Wait, precise. Aiming? Yeah, aiming, aiming the fi- the fishing lure. You just gotta get good. Like I consistently. Oh, get, the... yeah, get good, Mister. I can't shovel. I shovel fine. Who said I can't oh, shovel? Sorry. Was it? Was it? Oh, was it the bug net? That you had oh yeah, bug with? catching bugs. I have an issue with. Uh, yeah, fish, that's a, fishing. That's a lot easier than. Yeah, I've got I've got them on at least like no more than three casts, and I've got those foot those fish coming after my lures. If you know <laughs> what I mean. What's everyone's island's name? I'm just generally curious. I named mine Fooly Cooly after uh, the anime. All right. I named mine The Island in uh, homage to Lost. I'm trying to hope and I can get a hatch at some point that I can build. My island's name is Genosha after the island from the X-Men series where the mutants all go and, and seek refuge with Magneto and his Brotherhood of Mutants. Oh, nice. 
Uh, mine uh, is Midgard, for the Norse hmm. or the Norse realm. Hmm. So we all have general nerdy island names. Did you expect nice. anything else? <laughs> like my sister's is Lotus after the flower. I have a friend whose island is just her last name. Um, I have a friend who named his beach Basic <laughs> That's Beach. <not> bad. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, like I've seen. Yeah. like Cookstown, like Cookstown, Pennsylvania. I've seen Cool Island, which is a little derivative, but you know, whatever. My wife named it, named hers Lily Town because my son really wanted to name it after Lilymon, his favorite Digimon. Oh. I don't know your son was a You know what? Right now he's on a bigger Digimon kick than Pokemon. He's been playing Digimon World on my PS4 a huge amount um, and he's really craving to watch wow. more Digimon anime, which I can't find reform really anywhere. Hmm. We need to talk more about Digimon at a later point. We I also think. have to get back to talking about um, My Hero oh, Academia yeah, I at finished, some point. But we can save that for a later show. I haven't finished, I season, finished one season one yet. last night. Yeah, we're going to do the Press YYZ All Anime Edition well, episode. Maybe that point. can be like a one-on-one or something. Mm-hmm. A, a Greenfield episode that we can just put in the tank for when we I lose an episode. I can talk about Fully Cooley pretty good. A- anime, anime is all about companionship and union. We need all five of us here all at once. Well, I can talk about My Hero Academia now and then Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. That would be my qualifications. Yeah. <laughs> Fully Cooley uh, and Dragon Ball Z for me. To hop, skip, jump, and swim back over to the islands that Animal Crossing takes place on, um, I gotta put you guys to task. You see, I tried out Animal Crossing New Leaf when it came out on the 3DS. I purchased a new copy of the game, so I paid full price for it, and I gave it the honest college try, uh, and after a few days of playing it, I just couldn't get into the groove and stopped playing. Do you think that this game will be able to get me back in, or do you think that there is no hope for me? It's a lot like New Leaf, I think, but it's evolved New Leaf because of the like the crafting mechanics I don't believe were in New Leaf. I think it was just bells, and you'd sell bells, and you'd buy tools. And there's lots of crafting mechanics and customizing things. So I customized my... I, today I was able to buy a phone yes. case customization yep. kit, and customized my phone case to look like a Pokedex, and I really like my phone. So I just wanted to call that out. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with the customization. I made the I made my cyberpunk jacket with the uh, clothing. Yeah, I saw editor, that on Twitter. Which is really cool. Yeah, I had I, a lot of fun making that. I, I did something similar where um, uh, if you guys were at EGLX and you met any of us uh, there, I was the guy in the uh, giant bomb hockey jersey. And I made that in Animal Crossing. So I was lame and didn't make anything. I've just been stealing yeah. everyone else's designs. So I was wearing a Leafs jersey Ooh. for a while, a bunch of kind of. I was wearing Ooh. a Leafs jersey for. A... You're wearing a Penguins yes, jersey. It's a like, good come team. On. Could you be? Mu- could you be any more of a bandwagoner for just following Crosby since he Sydney came to the league? Yeah, Sidney Crosby, the best player of all time. Alex Ovechkin. I, l- I liked him before Sidney um, Crosby. Sure, sure. Um, uh, yeah, I found a bunch of kind of funny designs I've been rocking. Um, I actually threw the kind of funny TO logo into the game, which I'm probably going to put up on my wall. That'll make me feel good. Um, mm-hmm. Someone made... Yeah, so to get back to the talk about uh, hockey jerseys, someone put up yeah. on Reddit every team's jersey with like multiple mm-hmm. player names or whatever you might want. That, like That's really cool. I can't cool. believe they did that. 
So there's a there's a website there's a website oh, that you can yes. generate uh, Q, uh, QR codes that you can scan in with your phone and put essentially very very like 32 by 32 low resolution pictures into the game itself. So I've got a picture of me and my girlfriend uh, sitting right outside. Of yeah, my house. I that's how I put the sorry that's how I put the KFTO logo in the game, and I was planning on doing the engagement photo of me and my fiance. So just, I don't know if I've told y'all the story, but we actually got engaged at Disney World. Oh, wow. So I was going to have the photo of us in front of the castle, but it did not translate well see that. to a 32 yeah. by 32 image, unfortunately. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it another shot, but if you ever want to hear that story, I'm, I really like telling it, but I think that's a story for another day. So the uh, website that they were all referring to is acpatterns.com. And you can then go into the editor option and you can upload any JPEG that you want and it'll do a, for the most part, pretty good job. That's actually, I didn't, I made the um, the Cyberpunk Samurai logo using that where I like got the, because I wanted to at least like have my own version of it and not just like the, also from what I can tell, you can't really use this uh, website with clothing. Uh, at least I don't think so. I think so. it's just there pictures. Might be a way that you can oh okay oh N never mind i'm dumb i'm thinking of something else either way i just realized i'm an idiot um either way it's a fantastic website um and it's really great to use yeah. with, so with the app you can actually scan in like uh qr codes from new leaf and there's four qr codes because you need to mm -hmm. scan in for like the front the back and i yeah. think each sleeve that, yeah well. that's for like complicated like uh, the upper body wear um i don't think you need you don't need to do that for just images you want to like let's say if you want to put album yeah. artwork on your wall or whatever yeah. the case might be like like i'm gonna hang up the kfto logo on my wall but like yeah you have to scan four qr codes and for more complex uh custom work the other the other interesting thing to note is that designs that you make natively in new horizons have no there's no way to share those at the moment yeah so you can't generate a qr code out of new horizons so that you can share it with other people these are all coming from new leaf that website actually existed for new leaf and is something that people are just using now to create more custom art for for their games hopefully it's something yeah, that you... nintendo adds down the road but right now there is no way to share native New Horizons designs with other yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can always take a screenshot and then somebody else can just copy the exact pattern and layout that you did. But you know, that's time consuming and somewhat tedious. I actually, but. I think. Oh, sorry. Just on this topic, I can't believe Nintendo, uh, but I can believe, but they haven't developed some <laughs> sort of server where you can upload your images to and people can download them. It's a, it's a very, very Nintendo game. No, you know what's very Nintendo? If I have somebody visiting my <laughs> island. You oh my God. basically can't do anything. Yeah. Like you can't sell certain things. You can't move stuff. You can't you decorate. You can't donate to the museum. You can't donate to the museum. It's like, why? You can dig holes. That's about it. You can fish and stuff and knock trees okay. to get wood for crafting and things like that. But So... I mean, I figure that this is a good natural area to ask this question. Where do you guys come down on the whole, like, save options of this game? Are you guys, like, ambivalent, not a fan? I think every person on my Switch should ha be have the option to yeah. have their own island. 
they shouldn't yeah. have be forced to use mine. I think it's I think it's a bad decision. I think there was a way they could have gotten around it, and I just I don't I don't I don't know how or why they came to this conclusion. So thinking it would be my thought idea. process uh, behind it is that they probably think that most families only have one switch, and if they do multiple islands, they probably can't play with each other. Because they'll be on their islands. There, there's maybe a way to get around that. But I think it's BS. This is apparently the way it's been since like the first GameCube one. And they've done the system. That being said, it sucks for my wife because she has to share her, her island with two of my sons. And they're constantly... Oh. Now, she's warned them. She's like, if you dig holes in my island or mess things up, you're going to lose switch <laughs> privileges. So oh, no. um, she, she's warning them good. But like she had to tell my son... Uh, Parker to clean up his beach because she put his house on the beach there that's where he wanted it and he's just got all his crap littered outside the beach she's like not only are we telling him to clean his room she's telling him to go clean his the stuff outside his house on the beach so uh but they'll get to the money rock before her or they'll get like they'll get to the resources and she won't know what's been farmed so um, it's it's a little mm. frustrating. She really wishes like they could each have their own islands. Like there's a li- some cute advantages with them playing with her, but it would have just been much nicer. And once again, that's one of those very Nintendo things that once again they do. I feel like that also would limit the experience that each player has because mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been really enjoying is like the coming in every day and a new thing happens like the store is built now or oh the museum is now built and like it's really rewarding like working towards those achievements and then getting them the next day and having multiple people on the same island i feel like it's just going to take it away because only the first person is going to get to experience so just for for to give my points to this as well i'm ambivalent ambivalent to this because it doesn't impact me personally i'm the only person playing on my switch it is my island no one else is going to be on my island especially if this quarantine continues and i don't get to see my fiance for an extended period of time that being said it has come to light over the past few days with everyone playing this game that to your point alex it's only certain it's only like the primary player that gets to progress towards some of these goals. So let's say I'm on an island of three people. If I'm not the person that created the island, then I can't upgrade the museum. I can't upgrade, mm-hmm. like, I can't unlock the store. I can't, like, you're, there's a bunch of stuff that's gate kept, essentially, to hmm. that primary player, which is a drag and is bad and is causing people to go and review bomb this game on Metacritic. It's very. It's a very consumer unfriendly. Move. Yeah, like if you like, I'll pull up the Metacritic user score, but I think it's something in like the six point range. Not as bad as World of Warcraft, or not sorry, Warcraft mm. three, but uh, right. But if you compare that to the uh, critical reviews, the critical reviews are like it's getting nines yeah. and like nines plus everywhere. So it's it very clear that I mean, I was gonna say a metacritic user score of like a 6.0 i feel like that speaks to the game's quality that it's still that high. yeah so the the metacritic score for critics is a 91 mm-hmm. and the user score is a 63 so mm-hmm. but like the, the user reviews are totally polarized there's 614 positive reviews and 543 negative reviews it's basically 50 50 and it's just a bunch of is zeros this option? game is crap it the multiplayer is broken please fix this blah 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 is there an option to filter out reviews by people who time travel? <laughs> time traveling is cheating. Is. People, like, okay, honestly, play the game however you want to play it. I don't care. 
But for me, I'm experiencing this. Yes, in the broad sense, I don't care. But you're breaking the game and you're a bad person. You're not person. a bad person. You're paying the money. For, you're an no, awful you're person. You're paying money for the game. You can play it any way you want. It doesn't impact me or the way that I'm playing the game because I'm playing it majority of it in single player. I will travel to other people's islands. We'll socialize. We'll drop stuff off for each other. We'll shop at each other's shops. I sold so many peaches yesterday. It wasn't even funny. A lot of it's kind of funny. Um, but at least within yeah. <laughs> at least within my social circle, I don't think anyone I'm playing with is time traveling. At least I can't tell that they are. And it's it's funny going into this. Like I'm so dialed into the games industry that I'm seeing all these really interesting tricks being shared on Twitter and social media and things like that. Like uh, Joey Noel of kind of yeah. funny shared out that you uh, some custom designs for stamps and they're the six different fruits. So I'm putting down stamps next to my trees and my sister came to my Island and she sees these things she's like, what the hell? How do you get these? What am I doing wrong? Like, how do I do this? And she's someone who's played these games. Like she played the DS game. She played the Wii game. She played the three DS one, at least one of them. Because um, I think there was a couple 3ds. Because there was like no, the there's only there was one. the home designer oh, yeah, one. Home designer. Oh, was home designer 3ds? No, or home designer was 3ds. I don't count it as a real Animal Crossing game because it's just designed in houses. It's a spinoff in the yeah, purest sense. Um, but New Leaf had like many many updates over the years. Yeah, New Leaf was the one she was playing. But like she like she came to my island. She was just st like starstruck by the kind of stuff that I'd been doing, and that like. It's like, no, I'm dialed in. Like, everyone in my sphere of influence is playing this game, so I'm getting all these tips and tricks, mm -hmm. not through time traveling, but just through, you know, Reddit and things of that yep. nature. But, yeah, time traveling is wrong, but it, if it doesn't affect me, I don't care. It's, it's a cr criminal act, and you should be arrested for it. I'm going to take Greg Miller's stance on this. HR has spoken. I was just going to say, like, I can. there's a few moments where I can understand where it's like sometimes there's just nothing that you can do. Well, I mean, you can do stuff, but it just doesn't feel like you can progress in the game until you wait the for the next day. And so I can understand. <laughs> I know, but, like, there's times where it's like I want to just play the game now, and there... I can understand why somebody would do it. I haven't done it personally, and I'm probably not going to because I've really enjoyed the, the cycle of logging on every day and doing the new things, but I can understand why people do it. There are, there are absolutely things to nitpick about oh, yeah. this game. For example, when I go, when I go to the store, like, yeah, I want to load up my inventory <laughs> full yeah. of oranges, and I want to go to Mitch's Island, and I want to sell them for 100 bells more. Why can I only buy, at maximum, at five yep. at a time? Because the goal of the... To okay, try and load up my inventory. Why can't I just slide it? Have a slider that go that counts up in succession, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, all the way up to my inventory capacity at the time, and just buy all of those yeah. at once. Like that, there's a quality of life there that that is missing. But and I understand that is. Quite I was going to bring I mean, that if up. Pokemon of all. If Pokemon of all games can do that, I don't see why Animal Crossing can't. But the goal of the game isn't to buy your fruit in bulk from your store and flip it for 100 bells more. It is to take your time and plant more trees and get more fruit per day and then take that fruit, which you've paid nothing for. Okay. But take, and flip so it take for fruits. Bells. Like you're going to be. Sorry, go ahead. Take fruit out of it. And let's just talk crafting kits. If I want to buy crafting kits at five at a time, it's tedious i tried to do that earlier today like crafting kits 
Oh, you guys haven't gotten yeah, crafting, crafting yet. kits. Or uh, I've gotten crafting, but I don't know what you mean by crafting. No, wait, kit. not crafting. Um, the um, the kits where you can change the color of things. Um, when I'm oh, the customization Cus kits. Sorry, customization kits. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I have to buy them five at a time as well. It's just it's such a quality of life thing. It's been one of my major complaints about the game. So are you custom? Are you customizing a lot? Because like I unlocked that feature, I got the first fifty or whatever from Tom Nook, and I haven't really touched it since, other than customizing my phone. So I customized my uh, yeah. I'm trying to customize my furniture. Like I've made the simple wooden bed green, and you could customize your sheets on it, and you can actually pick it from the oh, fabrics. Okay. So if you wanted to use the Pokedex fabric or print you have on it, you can do that on the bed. I can have a Pokedex bed? Yeah. All right, give me a minute. I'm going to go get my game. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's actually getting up and leaving to go get so his So I know game. you guys you guys went into it a little bit, but I actually haven't visited anyone's islands yet or had anyone visit my islands yet. So what is that like? Like, what can you do? What can you not do? Is it really just they can come to your island and chop wood? Is that really it? Like, are you there have, anything so else it, you can do with there, your friends? There's two two steps to that. You 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 go to um, somebody's island. They have to have their gate open. You go to their island and you can just kind of interact. You can pick things up off the ground, whatever. Um, then you have to become quote unquote best friends within the game, yeah. not on the switch level, within the okay. game itself. And then you can have what is called shovel privileges, which lets you dig things up and chop things down and all that. Um, okay. Um, no. Uh, go ahead. No, that, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's kind of a – it's an interesting system. There's just nothing to do once you have people there. It would have been nice for Nintendo to put some, like, activities in when you have players over, whether it's little mini games or something. Hey, let, let's all use a Dodo ticket and go to the same island. That yeah. would be something. Yeah, and you can't do that. Like, let's no, all like, go catch tarantula tarantulas or on create tarantula a party island system where if someone like if someone comes to my island to sell their pears at my store for a premium, let me travel back with them to their island without having to close my gate and then search for somewhere to go and then wait for them to open their gate and then search again and then it hasn't actually quite connected yet. So then keep searching until the gates actually open mm -hmm. and then go. That and then sit through another 30 to 45 second load before it actually loads you into the game, which also pauses the game for the person whose island you're going to and anyone else who's on that island. Oh my God. Like, when, Whenever somebody, if you leave your gate open, whenever somebody comes to your island, it has to say, hey, uh, somebody's, somebody's coming and you have to stop everything you're doing and it has to like load them into your island. It, it's, once again, it's nitpicky. Is it that big of a problem? Is it really interfering with my enjoyment of the game? Not necessarily, but it's something you mm -hmm. definitely notice that you just kind of slap your head at and just think, Nintendo, come on. You're, the Pokedex on. design looks dumb on my bed, so I'm not going to put it on my bed. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait, no. wait, wait, wait to, you know, talk this up to immediately just knock me back down. I don't sorry, appreciate I, that, Nathan. I didn't know that was going to happen. My apologies. Game's ruined for me. I'm going to play it never. So, so I want to stay, take a step back and bring Doom back into this conversation by asking, which game, in your opinion, is the more therapeutic game? Which game in these <laughs> dire, weird times uh, assuages your 
uh, consciousness and makes it seem like everything's going to turn out okay. So here's the thing. They're kind of on a never-ending cycle with each other. Because when you start playing one, you get really into one. You're really into Animal Crossing. You're really like, oh, this is so peaceful. It's so nice just going, catching some butterflies or trying to catch the tarantula. That might be like the most intense the game gets as you're trying to sneak up on the tarantula and then it starts chasing you. That's as as intense as it's going to get. And you're like, okay, this is really calming, but I need something to stimulate me just a little bit more. And so then I go play Doom and then I'm like, oh my God, this is so intense. This is at 11 at all times. And then I need a break. I need to, I need to relax again. And I go back to Animal Crossing and then Animal Crossing is really nice and relaxing, but then I need something to stimulate. And it just is a never ending cycle. So I think they're really perfect companion pieces to each other. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I've had like sort of the, I guess the opposite experience to you. Like, yeah, I, I did technically play uh, Doom a little, a little bit more at first, but then I fell really hard into Animal Crossing um, kind of got into that, and then today was the first time since Doom came out that I picked it back up and played some more of it, and now I'm just like, man, I really want to get back to Doom. Like, I, I've I've had a good fill of Animal Crossing, but, you know, you gotta check in every day and get your, your kind of do your dailies and, uh, you know, make sure you, you go to the uh, the machine, get your Nook Miles, you gotta go in, you gotta do all that stuff, but then yeah. it's like doom time, and and I'm I'm kind of having that opposite I've, experience. Sorry, I got distracted catching bugs. I've only mm. played Animal Crossing, so I can't oh. talk to Doom. They do feel like they're very perfect companion pieces, though. I'll say that. Um, I think all the memes of Isabel and Doom Slayer on the <laughs> internet are very apt. I would. Did you guys see the Did you guys see the IGN artwork they did where they flipped the characters and stuff? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, neat. yeah. I caught an emperor butterfly. Those are worth four thousand dollars each. Yeah, I know, but my my net just broke. God Ooh. damn. It. Yeah. To get back to the that it was just such an amazing crossover that of like the most unlikely communities coming together when the games were coming out, and then how everyone, including like including Bethesda, mm-hmm. like leaned so hard into it. it. Was just so nice, and it was such a nice wholesome experience to have during these kind of uncertain and kind of chaotic times. To have that wholesomeness just kind of so be af- ever prevalent was very nice. I feel like it's super. Sorry. Yep. Uh, if I can just say this very quickly, I, I think that it's incredibly rare that we see two games come out that are not at each other's throats for people's time and money. Like, I feel like every time, you know, two major games are coming out on the same day, it's like, this November, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, and Battlefield 3 are going head-to-head. Shit's gonna go down. Or it's something like some random indie game just so happens to be releasing on the same day as a big-budget AAA game, and they're not even on the same planetary universe. Yeah, but and they just get case, trampled. Yeah, in this case, these games really, yeah, they really complement so each So they complemented each other, each other really but if you look at, like, the active Twitch audience for these games, Animal Crossing absolutely demolished hmm. Doom in terms of the number of people watching it. It was, like, oh, almost, like, two to th- two or three to one in terms of the number of viewers watching Animal Crossing streams versus Doom streams. So... What do you that interpret? From more that? people are gonna probably pl- want to play Doom, and they d- and people just want to drop into chat and relax. Like I feel like the zeitgeist right now is very much about Animal Crossing, and is probably why some of my non-gamer friends are asking me questions about this game, 
and considering buying switches of their own, which are now apparently mm. incredibly difficult to find in stores. Yep. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's also not very many stores that are selling switches anymore I mean, that are open right best, now. So best I can see Buy, why Walmart. That would be a problem. Uh, as far as I, so I, I still bought open? Animal Crossing out of Best Buy, which was probably not a good idea, but I did. Can I tell you my Best Buy story from yesterday? Hmm. I, and I can tell you mine from when okay, I picked up Animal Crossing. So we have Absolutely. two switches in our house. One for me and one for my wife and my kids. So, so I have one so I, when I travel, I can take it with me because I wasn't allowed to take the switch to travel because then my kids couldn't use it. But anyways, we have two docks. We have a dock on the downstairs TV and we have a dock on the kids' playroom. Well, my wife decided that she wanted to have a dock in our bedroom as well. So I reserved a dock online at Best Buy, and this was yesterday, and I went there and got it. And I got to say, I was really impressed. I know the guys at the Best Buy because of my job, um, and I go in and visit frequently. But they had green tape uh, on the sidewalks, spacing out how far you had to be from the other customers. They would ask you if you've reserved something or if you have something specific you want. You're not allowed to go into the store and look. And then they'll either send you into door one or door two where they have stations set up to sanitize the uh, pin pads after every use. And they have the employees about eight feet away. So um, I was really impressed with the setup that they've got going hmm. on in this situation. That being said, are they an essential service? I don't know. But there's a few stores open that so, uh, are an essential service that shouldn't be. But this is a different topic. Sorry, I got off topic. Yeah, I mean, if you think... I mean... If you think about the number of people that are right now having to work remotely and Best Buy provides supplies to allow people to comp yeah. to do their jobs in that sense, then yes. Yeah. So my Best Buy story is very similar to yours, even though it was a few days earlier. So there was no green tape or anything like that. But all of the customers who were waiting in line outside the store did practice good social distancing, which was nice. Uh, and so the reason that I went to a store to, to buy this game was I had a gift card to use. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't even touch my gift card. I had to put the gift card. I had to scratch the gift card myself, put it down on the desk. He'd scan the gift card, and then I would use the pin pad, and they'd immediately wipe the pin pad down when huh. I was done, which was quite nice. Um, and another, sorry, go ahead. Hmm. That's um, I was gonna say that's funny. I, I mean, this is not on the same level, but when I was living in Japan, those guys don't like like receiving your money or anything like that directly from you. Usually, you put your money in like a tray. Uh, that's in front of them, and then they take the tray and they personally deal with the money themselves. In Japan, that's like a respect thing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, culturally, it's a respect for like the money and the time investment that it took you to make that money. And so, and all PSA that. to anyone who is still, yeah. you know, shopping during the times like the times we're going through, or even when the, all of this craziness does wind down, stop using cash anywhere yeah. you can. Mm -hmm. It's dirty. Hundreds of people are touching it. It doesn't make sense to still be using it. We have very accessible debit credit systems, at least in Canada. We have these other avenues to do so. You can do it through your phone. You can do it through your watch. You can do, I don't know, any other countless things. Stop using paper or, at least in Canada, plastic money. It's dumb. Don't do it. No coins, no nothing. We shouldn't, we shouldn't even be having this conversation, but we are. Yeah, if you guys don't like your money anymore, be sure to send it in to us. <laughs> we'll be sure to keep it safe for you. So if you ever change your mind, we can always really? send it I'll take some you. money. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. You yeah. guys, yeah. I swear I mean, to God. Uh, yeah, Cozy's responsible for sending it all back, but, you know, we'll sp spread it out evenly. We won't give Mitch any because he'll have issues with his job. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
funny funny story <laughs> yeah. about that. I actually got an email um, from my job today saying that if I or any anyone if I had to give care to anybody who had gone or gotten sick with this virus, or if I myself become sick with this virus and I'm unable to work, they'll give me an additional ten sick days. Oh wow, year, which is that's quite very nice. nice. Yeah, Ooh. I mean Ooh. it's a big company, so they can afford to do it. But it's it's nice to see them taking care of their employees because honestly, just you know, this is very tangential to the conversation we're having, but it wasn't until uh, today's Wednesday. So Monday of this week. So March the 23rd that they officially closed our office. Mm. So the office was still technically open, even wow. though I worked from home the entirety of this past week. Um, my, my place of employment, I make countertops uh, because we quote unquote, support the construction industry our very mm -hmm. expensive luxury countertops are an essential service so let's I let's get away from the talk of work because we could go down a rabbit hole that might get you fired yeah. oh yeah we could <laughs> yeah so animal crossing um i i do want to say something uh to quickly get back to the quick discussion that we had on twitch before you know i was thinking it over and like when you're playing a video game on Twitch, uh, you want to kind of maintain as much of a personality as possible. You want to be kind of talking and interacting with your chat. And when you're playing a really intensive or difficult game like Doom Eternal, that can sometimes be difficult to do. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that Animal Crossing is undoubtedly the like more popular of the two games, and that's a huge factor of why it's bigger on Twitch. But I would have to imagine that like another big factor wise big on twitch is because if you're playing a game like animal crossing and it's a you know pretty calm chill experience you have a lot of like your mental faculties aren't occupied by you playing the game you have uh, the kind of withal to be able to kind of speak and commentate and interact with the community chill, chill games are better for streaming than action games i totally mm -hmm. agree with you on that point at least from a, a streamer's perspective yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, I streamed three hours of Doom Eternal on the first day, and it was physically exhausting trying to keep up with both the game and talking as much. Like, I, when I was finished, I was so drained, and I just didn't want to, like, I needed to, well, I mean, it was like four in the morning, so yeah. I needed to go to sleep, but uh, I was, I was I was just drained completely, because I was, though, nope, not very many hey. people were watching, maybe, like, I mean, hey, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, there yeah. was a certain point where it was no one. I, that doesn't like matter. I was in there for a Doom while Eternal. with Doom Eternal just to give you some company, but I, 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 yeah, I appreciated that. But like, there was a point where it was where it was kind of more empty. But I was still trying to keep up the presence because there could be somebody watching who doesn't chat, and maybe I just didn't know that they were there, which is entirely possible. And so, just like with that game, it was just so. It was very draining, and I have a big respect for. Yeah, streamers I mean, I had a similar experience it. with the the Smash tournament. I helped facilitate this past weekend, where it was, I want to say we were at it for like five and a half hours, and not only was I helping to provide Ooh. some terrible commentary, but also helping to facilitate the the subsequent <laughs> matches and making sure people were ready to go and letting them know when to join the lobby and things like that. I was so tired when that wrapped up. Like it was only like 10, no, maybe 11 o'clock on a Saturday. And I was just like, I need to sleep. And I think I slept for like 12 or 13 hours that night. 
I was so tired after that. So cozy, mad, mad props to you for, for doing that on the regular. Yeah. Yeah, really. I was going to say, welcome to my life, but you, fra- you, you phrased the end of your sentence in a way that always, acknowledged always. my suffering. So well, you listened to last week's show, right? We were just giving you shout oh, outs left you. and right about your cozy direct. So you did listen to the show, right? I can All only right. recall two. Really? God damn it, cozy. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I listened to parts on? of it. it, and it's not it's not for a lack of me not caring, or I don't know. We if even did a shorter that, show uh, just that for was you. A double negative. I like I'm not kidding when I say that I've been really I'm, uh, I'm just joshing you. Yeah, I know how busy you can Wait. be. I'm just messing with you. I will make sure to uh, sorry, listen to no, the entirety don't. of it by it's gonna be old news by next week. Listen to this one again. By next yeah. week, listen to this one. So yeah. I, yeah, I did want to ask you guys, on, guys. another question. This is a good sort discussion. of related to Animal Crossing, but also sort of related to the circumstances of the world at the moment. Has anyone else spent far more on video games over the last two weeks no. than they normally would have? No. Um, yes, but that's because I bought a pro controller for Animal Crossing. I, I've... Oh, oh, it's, over yeah, it's, recent, it's recent months and recent years, I've actually tried to, like, you know, keep better control over my spending when it comes to video games that I don't finish and I'm, you know, don't pick up again and let my backlog accrue. But, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, like I said last week, I had a, a gift card for Animal Crossing, so it, that made it yeah, fairly like, simple. Yeah, like, I mean, okay, so then to tell my stories, I wasn't planning on picking up Doom and Animal Crossing, but then I found a gift card, and then I found a promo code, so I figured, hey, why not? And then a, a lot of um, uh, film studios are releasing their mm-hmm. films early on digital, so I'm like, yeah, Ford versus Ferrari is only $15. Yeah, The Gentleman is only $15. Yeah, Skyrim is on sale, and I've never played it. You've never yeah. played Skyrim? What the? Nope. F- Wait, really? Wait, did you get wow. it in VR or uh, regular Skyrim? Regular. I, I, I thought about doing the VR, but I figured it would break my eyes the way that Tetris Effect nearly Tetris killed Effect me killed the you? other day. I, when, when I, I, have an, I have an issue when I play Tetris that I don't blink much. And putting those screens as close to my eyes as they are without me blinking actually caused a, a real bad headache when I finished it. I'm glad I finished it, but it nearly so killed me in VR. I, I also bought The Last Guardian I, and it I was had, on sale and I never played it and I wanted it. And also NAC 2 was under $10, so I when, bought that. I have a problem, guys. I have a problem. Hell yeah, that's a good platinum. And it's only going to get worse the longer we're stuck inside. What? Just a, a brief tangent. When uh, Skyrim VR came out on the PSVR, that's when I bought my VR uh, headset. Um, I got it, and I immediately wished I'd gotten it on the Switch instead. So, just I, in, yeah, in case I, you're I thought about it on the Switch, but it was like $13 to pick it up on PS4. Yeah. I'm just like, I had to at that point, and I've never mm. played it. And the better version on PS4, anyways. I, for me, Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's what I figured. And I was tossed between that yeah. or The Witcher 3, yeah. but it the, wasn't the complete collection of The Witcher 3 that was on sale. So I could justify just doing oh, Skyrim wow. and not both, which is good for me. Pat on the back that I didn't spend more money than I had to, even though I did, because I didn't need Knack and I didn't need The Last Guardian and I probably didn't need Skyrim. And I have a problem, guys. I need help. Well, you'll have to tune in to our next episode to see if we can figure out whether we can fix Mitch. My name's Alexander Kazina. 
you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Kazina, A L E X K Z I N A. We don't do I that anymore, Cozy. In the show notes, I, I like I said, yeah, I, the <laughs> pirate prison maze, getting through all that stuff, it just it left me completely mentally exhausted. I apologize. I'll get back at that Mama Fratelli someday. Uh, Mitch, where can they find you on the social medias? So they can find this show, which we should probably shout out first, on Twitter at PressYYZ. I think Instagram's the same, even though I don't do anything with it. We're now on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PressYYZ that Alex had been streaming on earlier. You can find me at Mr. Mitch George, Mr. Mitch George, on all of the social channels. So Twitter, Instagram, PSN now, after I changed my name. And that's about it for me. Cool. For the record, I did not state my Twitter account first because I thought that my Twitter account was more important than the Press YYZ Twitter account. Uh, you probably have more followers, so that's understandable. That but is growing. True. I pray to God we're growing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a backup plan if the world continues the way it's going. AJ. Uh, you can find me uh, all over the internet. Uh, I am at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Alex? Uh, so, Twitter, I am blatantly underscore Alex. On Instagram, I am blatantly Alex. Um, I am right now the one who's mainly using the press yyz twitch account so twitch.tv slash press yyz and also just because i'm really proud of it i launched a website today Ooh. it's alexanderballant.com it's got a lot of my photography and some of my well one of my assignments is right now up on there that i finished uh, a couple months ago that i'm actually pretty proud of called Cyberworld. uh very much into cyberpunk and uh yeah so i'm just going to continuously update it with a lot of my portfolio stuff so check it out it's alexanderballant.com all right and nathan you can find me at the underscore and mac on twitter also follow me on ps4blog.net where i just posted reviews for not only paper beast as we talked earlier in the show but on switch bubble bobble for four friends neat well you reviewed that and we didn't talk about it? I really, I'm actually legitimately interested in that Bubble Bobble game, but yes. we can talk about that offline. Maybe that's how we'll fix you next week. <laughs> or review will just completely... No, you'll fix me by making <laughs> me buy more games. It's yeah, like, that makes gonna sense. spend more money. <laughs> we'll I already have a problem. Y'all are just enabling my addictions here. You're, you're looking oh, a little man. itchy. <laughs> a little twitchy. Is uh, a, a chest burster about to burst out of Mitch's chest? Will more retail therapy from home fix Mitch? Is Mitch ever Probably be okay? Not. We'll have to find out on the next episode of Press YYZ. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Later. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>